0: Welcome to People Analytics Podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Patton, and on this episode, I have Linda White with me, an expert in at HR and talent, just making sure the talent has what they need to be successful. Um, welcome, Linda, and could you give a little bit of an introduction about, you know why we're so excited to have you here?
1: Yes. Thank you very much. Um, I've been in HR for uh, almost 25 years now and uh, I have a diverse background. I've been with nonprofits, commercial, federal con- contracting. Um, through my experience, I um, had a lot of experience with employee relations and why HR teams work, why they don't, what's impacting them. Um, so Today, we're obviously going to be talking about that kind of, uh, from that perspective and what I see, um, happening in different departments and different companies.
0: So, you know, with 25 years experience, you have definitely seen some evolution across HR as well as, you know, some repetition. So what do you think, you know, the future of HR looks like based on some trends that you've seen in your career? A lot of, um,
1: Places now are making sure that they have some technology in place, but what they are also trying to figure out is um, how good their technology is. Is it expanding with the growth of an organization? So I really feel technology is going to be very important, um, as well as with everything going on, the kind of experience that employees have and candidates have as well. So that's really driving a lot nowadays.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's been core of your career. Um, so can you kind of tell me what, you know, what is it that employees want? What is unwavering in terms of, you know, across the past 25 years that are just essential to having, you know, a good work experience for an employee?
1: I think workers, and I have to include myself, um, they're they're looking for um, an a uh, an organization that they feel engaged with, that they feel aligns with what they believe for the most part, because there's not going to always be a total alliance, but um, they want to be able to do work that's meaningful to them, that they can, they feel a lot of accomplishment. And even if you're on like on a contract and not actually in with your Come at your company's headquarters, there's still ways to make them feel included, um, engaged and motivated. And that starts at the very beginning when you're recruiting somebody. You want to make sure that technology-wise, they find it very easy to apply, that it's seamless, that um, that the recruiter doesn't, they just never hear from them.
0: So mm-hmm. that's
1: an issue um and they also want to make sure that their interviews they're not going on a million interviews um they want one or two is, is great possibly a third if very much you know very at the if you're in a leadership position
0: mm-hmm.
1: then they want to know then they want to make sure that the onboarding experience is good not all over the place filling out this form filling out that form a one-stop shop is really fantastic to have um, it's just making the overall experience. You, what you want is to make someone feel welcome, that they made the right choice to join your organization, and that they they feel like they like I said like they made made the right decision. Right. Then that it comes down to the manager. So are your managers trained to deal with a newcomer? Are they training them correctly? Are they make helping them to fit in? Are they touching base with them enough? Are they also um, what kind of meetings are they having with their people and are they also developing them? So these are all the things that are so crucial that a lot of organizations either don't plan to have because it may be monetarily, it's not something they can do, or they're not interested. And I think you're going to see a big change in that now as you already are and going forward.
0: And I like how you mentioned culture because with Staff Geek, it really comes down to culture and knowing your culture and making sure that is uniform across the organization. So can you talk a little bit on the power of culture and understanding it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I got into a leadership position, I always wanted to have a department that uh, made sure that the employees felt they could come to HR, that it wasn't the evil place to come to, that they knew that unless there were some things they were bringing up that couldn't be confidential, that it, it was, they could discuss their problems. That's a great start with your department. But if leadership isn't doing the same thing or um, sending out messages that m- make an employee feel um, motivated, engaged, and they understand where the company's going, then you're going to lose that whole thing. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. like I do um, or have to meet their needs. If leadership doesn't, it's, It's a done deal. It's not going to happen. So I think um, definitely, it's definitely important to find out where your leadership is going. If that's the start of your culture, what they push down, how they message things, that is it right there. Are they collaborative? Are they making sure people are accountable? Are they um, present? Are they transparent? Are they transparent with uh, merit increases, bonuses? That's what people want nowadays, and. That's what they want to hear a um, mm-hmm. whole generation coming in who are looking for things that other generations have not looked for before. It was just, you know, I'm a job. I'm, I have a job. I'm, I'm moving up the ladder. I'm getting more pay. But the um, it's changed. And mm-hmm. for the, I believe I've always been one to hit on culture because you're there at least eight hours a day or you're engaged at work. Um, even if if you're at home eight hours Mm -hmm. a day. So you want to make sure this is something that you believe in and that you feel motivated to do.
0: Mm, I'd love for you to expand on how things have changed. We talked about those constants that are just, you know, what every employee wants. Um, But could you expand on, you know, those things that have changed? Sure. Um, Obviously, in the last year of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. people
1: that their work can be done differently, Um, but then again, that could come with other stressors, parents who are having to make sure their kids can get on their laptops to handle school. And then they're really the ones who are being the, um, quote unquote, babysitters of their children, make sure they're sitting there while trying to do their job. That's, that's crazy. That's hard. Um, also with what's happened with, um, George Floyd, um, starting out where, um, we want to make sure that everybody feels included, everyone's treated the same. And that's only if you're very, if you're a very smart leader, you realize having as much diversity as possible and not having just yes people around you is really mm-hmm. the best way to have a wonderful culture because you're opening the you're opening up everything to discussion. And then people really feel like, okay, maybe people didn't agree with me, but at least I got to voice my views. And that's really what maybe nine tenths of it is.
0: Yeah. as so a leader myself, I really appreciate subordinates that encourage me to grow in a respectful way because it's possible. You know, it's uh, in leadership. I feel like there's a lot of no, it's my way or the highway. But it, you can be encouraged by, you know, people who are younger than you in the workplace and they can have a big uh, effect on that. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, as Gen Z is entering the workplace, mm-hmm. Uh, they are challenging a lot of that. You know, as you said, you know, people have expectations behind um, organizations now based on their, um, you know, right. morals and beliefs. Right.
1: Absolutely.
0: So uh, how do you navigate that in HR as well? I think it's important to
1: get into an organization where your views align as much as possible, um, that you can see where your leadership is already. Is there, they're being transparent if they need coaching and they're open to that, then that's a good way to provide it. I think it's important to trying to get a a pulse on your employees. So when I'm in an organization that allows me to go visit, um, employees who are not in headquarters, but they're out and about, I've learned so much just from going to see people, um, and talking to them about their jobs, things normally get so i'm on their turf um and that i think is important too because then they can tell you what they're not happy with they feel closer to seeing you in person sometimes so i think that's also a very important thing um, and it also uh, at the same time if you are going to um a site that's not at headquarters what you're also doing is you're making them feel more um aligned to the headquarters building so they don't feel alone they feel they know who they can reach out to Um, I think it's also important that if somebody reaches out to you to answer within 24 hours, so, um, because then they see that they're, um, not having to contact you repeatedly, they feel someone's actually interested in what's happening to them. Um, communication, just sending things out here and there, um, maybe like on what the company's doing so that they're hearing from the company, they're hearing different, um, you know, what's going on, uh, it could be about anything. It could be just oh, open enrollments coming up, or we're doing this contest, or um, we want, we had a uh, we just had a win on a contract. It just keeps people engaged, and also I think taking surveys isn't a bad thing. The only problem with a survey is if you're not willing to act on certain things in a survey, then you shouldn't do it because then nobody will fill out these surveys. But if you want to get an understanding like better benefits they want or how they feel the climate is, it's always good to listen to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what I, I love about, you know, your your ethos is, uh, you know, you mentioned talking to people directly. Um, you can look at data all day, but, you know, there's that human aspect of actually going on the site and you know asking people hey how how are you enjoying this or what are your pain points um right. so can you talk about how you've built your career to be you know have that be so human driven
1: mm-hmm. um there's been times when i haven't been in hr and i saw how some hr departments were run and i also have been involved in ones that weren't run great and i always thought i'm going to be the kind of person who makes sure that they feel that they, as I said before, that they can come to HR and that they're respected. Um, so that's how that really came about. I wanted to be, I wanted to treat others as I was treated. Now, how I handled my direct staff is I have one-on-one meetings. And that came about through another manager. She had one-on-ones and it was a time to talk about, um, it could be work, it could be personal, it could be both. And it was such a, it wasn't like this, um, it was like maybe 15, 20 minutes, but we had it once a week. And I really felt close to her. I felt like I could talk to her about things. I I felt uh, she actually had an interest in me and my career. And that really, I, I, it's always um, resonated with me. So I made sure I did that with all my direct reports. And we do we talk about anything they want to talk about. And it's been cool. Yeah, I think it, it because then you're getting somebody who's actually interested. It also helps to offset any issues that you might have. So if you are seeing some issues and you can talk before it becomes too awkward, which mm-hmm. is something I also believe with employer relations when people think, oh, it's too confrontational. Well, it doesn't have to be. You should get on top of things quickly because the longer that you don't say something to somebody that's when it becomes awkward, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, it was fine for like six months, and now all of a sudden you're saying something, and they're right. It it shouldn't. It should have been brought to their attention sooner. So
0: those,
1: love, go ahead. Oh no, no! So that's why these one-on-ones can help in that situation, but that's usually with my direct staff. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I love how they have autonomy over it as well, and how they get to you know have some control over the topics. Um, how have you? seeing, you know, positive uh, reactions as a result of giving uh, autonomy over a portion of those meetings?
1: Well, they've really enjoyed being able to bring up anything so that sometimes they'll be about work and and that's when I'll try saying, so what do you recommend? Mm. Do you think we should do? Because I also, my goal is to develop somebody and I want them to be able to start thinking along those lines. Like I want them to start thinking, um, okay here's the issue i'm seeing but here's a solution possibly that we could have and i want them to start thinking along that way so that they're really developing themselves um if it's we've talked about getting certifications the pluses and the minuses on doing that and how it you know it could help their career um we talk about i'm also open about telling someone if i think they should look for another job I do uh, believe that. It's uh, in fact I, I had one with somebody who I just loved, didn't ever want her to leave, but I knew she probably I didn't have an opening for her. So I always encouraged her and she actually she did leave and it, it was sad for me, but it was so important. Yeah uh, she moves up, move up because I think yes, I'm their boss, their manager, but if I'm really truly involved in their development, then sometimes that's what it means is pushing them to move up.
0: That's really awesome. Oh. Uh, it really is to hear that, um because it I mean, it, it views them as a whole person. It takes in consideration you know their lives and goals outside of the organization. and it's a very holistic view. And you know, I, I really love that.
1: Well, thank you. I, I
0: mean, I just I think I want that
1: from somebody manager. And I think you probably would say the same thing. You just want to know that they're really looking out for you. And that if there are are any issues that they're telling you straight up so that you can fix things and that it's a really wonderful experience coming to work, not this horrible thing where you're having so much anxiety that you never want to go to work.
0: Right. (laughs) And another thing you said that I really loved was how you asked them, well, what do you recommend instead? Because a lot of management... People think it's just delegation. You have to do this. You have to do what I say. And good managers, they it's collaboration. And right. that is a, a great example of collaboration. You know, you, you have an idea of, you know, your own experience, how you think this should be solved, but it takes an extra step to, you know, get that, you know, employee to think about, you know, critical think. Um, and so that leads to growth. And I love that as well.
1: Exactly. It's yeah. Your critical thinking skills. And when you see them so excited that you listen to them or that they actually had an idea that we use, they're so excited. You just feel like, well, this is why I come to work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This is
1: what's wonderful.
0: Yeah. So, um, what other examples of, you know, I guess ways that you can recognize uh, your employees and make them feel special that, you know, isn't necessarily, you know, doing too much because it's, it can be really simple to just say, Hey, you're doing a good job. Um, you know, what are some ways that, that managers can really do that for their employees?
1: Yeah. Um. I do think being very upfront about when you really, like I had a person working for me, she was a business partner, but she was actually, I'll be honest with you, she could have done my job. <laughs> I just told her straight up that I thought she was great. And I thought she could, she was really good at what she did. And so she got a lot of validation from me that made her excited as well. And we worked on projects together and it, it was just wonderful to be able to do to do that with somebody who you had such high respect for. So it's, that's, that's, that's one thing I've done. Um, you know, when they have personal issues or something, letting, you know, if they couldn't come in to work, then just saying, don't worry about it. We'll pick up for you. Things like that. So they feel like they're not, um, they're not concerned about that. So if I'm allowed to do that and it can work within the department, then I want to be able to do that because everyone's going to go through some hard times. So these are the, these are kind of the ways that you can do. Um, I've seen other things, um, taking people out to you know a lunch or dinner. And those are things too, but I think you really want to hit more on a personal note where people feel like, oh, I am definitely at a great place.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also the golden rule that you mentioned, too. I I feel like a big problem, um, you know, in in HR and a lot of workers are afraid to go to HR is that they view they, you know, with very valid experiences, they they view HR as helping the organization over the people. And so, you know, for people who have burned, you know, myself included in the past. Mm How do you kind of build that trust that, you know, you do care? It is building trust. It is. um, Sometimes it's
1: other people telling other people, oh, I went and talked to Linda and this is what she said and it was great. And we worked together. So sometimes it's that it's like, you know, the, the reputation gets out where they know they can come and they tell others. I have had, quite a few people tell me that, um, like say I've replaced somebody, um, in HR, they'll, they'll come in and say, I couldn't talk to this person or they told my supervisor things I couldn't. So I don't know. Are you going to do that? And it's heartbreaking. It's like, this is awful. This is awful that they've had these experiences. Um, I've had to build trust with people who were very leery. And then I've seen them turn around and open up so that we could actually get to the heart of any issues. Um, I've also helped them deal with their managers. So if they've had like, I can't communicate with my manager, my manager's doing this. And we talk about ways on how they can communicate back to their Mm -hmm. managers. not always successful, but sometimes it has been Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I'd say for the most part, it's been trust. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I can definitely see that. Um, You know, it's a, it's a tricky field to wade through, you know, you're being pulled in different directions. So how do you, as an HR professional, um, you know, be an advocate for the employees, um, while also, you know, making sure the the organization is happy as well. So
1: I always will bring that up. I'll say I'm wearing two hats. I have organizational hat and I have a hat that can also listen to you, but there could be that I cannot always be, um, I might not be agreeing with you because of the organization as a whole. So I am pretty upfront about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is, it can be tricky, but at the end of the day, I do know I have to represent the organization so that could supersede (laughs) some issues. But as I feel, as long as I'm being transparent, they're going to get, they'll feel like I'm being honest with them.
0: Oh yeah. Transparency is, is key. You know, knowing those lines of like, okay, what can I do for you? And here's where I really can't help you in the way that you want me to is, you know, it really helps, you know, navigate the organization better for the employee as well.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I've had a lot of success with that too. And I'll always be open to like, um, if you're coming to report like sexual harassment or harassment of any kind, those things cannot be confidential. I would have to do an investigation but anything else, most likely we can keep confidential. Mm-hmm. Pretty upfront uh, about those too.
0: Yeah, so we spent it's some time. Of- no, I'm sorry. I interrupted. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, some exciting things and positive things. You know, we kind of took a little moment to talk about, you know, some of HR pain points. Um, but what kind of hopefulness are you seeing at, as trends are emerging?
1: I am very hopeful about people having the mindset of, I'm no longer interested in being treated badly. Mm-hmm. I want an organization that is going to be treating us, treating everyone well. And I think that that is, it's really, I'm, I think it could possibly turn around. Mm-hmm. Or I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it um, just on social media, that the kind of I've had peers leave companies as well. They've been treated badly and then they're just moving on to the next thing. And um, I I think, I'm hoping that companies will be more open to the social issues and recognizing that culture is so important that it's not always, I understand it is the bottom line, but being open and creating a good culture is part of your bottom line. And I think that's what they need to understand as well. That's awesome,
0: Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Linda. Um, I think I am all out of questions for you. Uh, do you have anything else that you would like to add or think that I missed in the conversation? No, I think uh, you got everything. Uh, well, how can people reach out to you? What's the best way uh, for them to contact if they have any questions?
1: Um, I can get my email. I'm fine with that.
0: Okay. Um, do you mind sharing?
1: No, it's uh, Ella's and Linda, Emma's in Mary, white. 26 at gmail.com.
0: Wonderful. Um, Thank you again. Uh, I am so inspired by, you know, professionals like you in the workplace who are working to, you know, create environments that people want to to be in. Um, So thank you again for, for being a guest on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And again, I'm Lindsay Patton, host of the uh, People Analytics podcast, and I'm always looking for guests um, like Linda, who are people first. Um, And so you can reach out to me, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people-first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.
1: Oh, yeah.